Welcome to The Rock Bite, where we speak our truth, slay sacred cows, and sometimes agree to disagree. I'm Colin True, and joining me today, he can't play the acoustic guitar, but he sure as hell can ride an acoustic bike. It's Justin Hausman. Do you know, do you, did you, do you know that I can't play? I don't know that. I just, I'm just thinking, I just wanted, it just worked because of your, the article you just wrote for AJ yesterday. I own an acoustic guitar. Is that, that's half the battle. I thought for sure I would learn. Like, I really did. I really thought I would take lessons and learn about it. It's mostly, mostly it gets knocked over by my toddler. That's mostly the sounds that it makes. We're recording this on Friday, September 1st. And today on the show, Justin and I get caught up on what we've been up to. Quickly hit the mailbag before we run through some recent headlines that come out of outdoor media. Before we get to all that, what we're going to talk about today, Rock Fight Army. Should we call them the Rock Fight Army? Is that too, like, kind of... What are these, like, the, are these the letter writers? What do we call it? Well, just our, our listeners. What are we referring to them as? You know, does Rock Fight Army work? Rock fighters. Hmm. I could, I don't, it's a work in progress. I don't love either of those. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, you you like seem like rock fighters more than rock fight armies. Let's start that over. Before okay. we get to everything we're going to talk about today, rock fighters, we need your help supporting the show. Not with money, but if you could right now while listening to the rock fight, click follow or subscribe on your podcast app. Give us a five star rating. If you have the time, leave a little review. It's honestly the easiest way to help us grow. What's becoming the unstoppable force that is the rock fight and you rock fighters. Does that work better? What, what's wrong with what's wrong with money though? Well, if you want to send us a check, yeah, yeah, I just try to. It really does help. Eventually, we'll get more checks from other people if you just click follow. So click follow. Yeah. Just quit fucking around and click follow. We know that this gets asked a lot. This request gets made quite a bit. Please like and subscribe. And I and I tried not to do that, but it really is the best way to support what we're doing here on the podcast. So if you like it, please do that. And if you're enjoying the show or if you hate the show, frankly, more if you hate the show, send us an email, myrockfight at gmail.com. This is the place where hate emails are much more welcome than maybe other shows. It's your place to weigh in on any outdoor topic or outdoor adjacent topic. So myrockfight at gmail.com is your place to have your voice heard in the outdoor community. So first, we're just going to talk about what we've been up to first. I don't. You're going to get to go first, but I don't think you have a lot to say. You've had a rough week. So what have you been up to? Uh, well, I joined, I joined the gym. Does that you count? did join the gym. I edited that out of our last episode. Justin said yeah. he was going to join the gym. I did, but boy, did I, I, I joined the full, the full most possible, the most expensive possible package. And, uh, so far I'm regretting that that was my choice, but I'm not re- regretting lifting weights again. Cause that's great. Really enjoy that. I'm actually really looking forward to lifting as soon as this podcast is over, but I signed up for the one where I could do unlimited classes. And I like, Signed up for all these like stretching classes and yoga classes, but I'm nice. just like, I don't, I can't, I can't be held down. Like it's just been a, a gnarly week. I will do all those things. That's been, that's been it. But you know what? I forgot how good it feels to lift weights. I, I truly did forget. And thankfully I've done it enough to where, uh, I'm not like a total idiot in the gym and mm-hmm. uh, I'm not, I'm not like a particularly strong person, but you know, uh, my body remembers how to like lift weights and stuff. And, and, uh, it, it feels really good. Did you guys do the Sam Taylor uh, camping trip? No, we decided not to because you know what? Because sometimes you just don't feel like camping. Also, my wife—that was like the first day she. My wife's been sick all week, and that was like the first day she didn't feel good. But were you leaving Target? You, you, did you want to go, or did you just decide? Uh, oh, so, not really. I mean, like I just like the weekend before was up at Shasta. <laughs> like I'm going backpacking next week. Like I didn't really feel like it. It's fine. It was also like a sun. It was a Sunday night, and it's like, eh, it's just I don't want to have to get up and to get the kids to school from the campsite in the morning. That sucks. Even though that would it's, suck equidistant from this like it might it's just as quickly to get to them anyway i don't think you can overstate the the value of a normal sunday night at home before right. school the next day like just everyone eat regular dinner bet on bed on time the routines intact you know 
you know, changing the routine is rough, especially with the little ones. We're on day one of a four-day weekend at, at preschool. Granted, my, my four-year-old has COVID, so she wasn't going to be going. Neither of the kids are going anyway. But <laughs> even if they weren't, it's still day one of a four-day weekend. And you're just like, God, that's so much time. Well, first thing I want to talk about is, you know, congratulating the Seattle, Seattle Mariners for 21 wins in the month of August. I got my, you can't see it, listeners, but I got my Mariners cap on today. Feeling pretty bullish about the old uh, Seattle team. Not really. They're Seattle. They won't win anything, but they, that was, it was been a fun, fun month to pay attention to the old Mariners up in Seattle. So good, good, good on you. Now, the other things I did this week was kind of a non-outdoorsy week. I saw Less Than Jake play in Orange County last week, which is one of my all-time favorite bands. Yo, they do the, they do my podcast theme song. Uh, and then on, while well, I was in Denver because the comedy troupe, the state did a reunion show, uh, from the, wow. so from MTV from the nineties. So people we just went up in a, a, a total age demo, uh, by me mentioning yeah, the state right. on this show, but I'm getting it all back because tomorrow morning we're heading up to big bear for a couple of days to go mountain biking and stuff like that. So that we're ending the summer nice. up at big bear. Yeah. That'll be that's fun. Nice. That's good. So, that's it. You and everyone else in Southern California. Enjoy. Pretty much. Yeah. But the crowds at big bear, they all just go to like ride the ski lift or if they're biking, they go to the bike park. Like the trails are almost always empty up there. So I don't know. Maybe I'll, maybe next week you hear something different from me. So we're going to skip the mailbag this week. We got a bunch of them over the last week, but we wanted to let them build up a bit. But there are two things we received that, that we need to include this week and, and address. So Ashley from Grand Rapids actually sent us a correction. So last week, you, Justin, made reference to a brand making 31-inch wheels, and Ashley wanted us to know that the brand is actually making 36-inch wheels, and that brand is called Dirty Sixer. She wrote, enjoying the pod, but the 31-inch wheel brand you talked about on a recent episode is actually probably Dirty Sixer, who is making a 36-inch wheeled mountain bike for tall folks. I did check out the website. I'm sure you did, too. They have one model for five thousand dollars. It's built for riders from five foot eight to seven foot five. Hmm. I mean, in my defense, thirty six inches is hilariously big. Like, why? Like, that's thirty one sounds more like. Oh, wait a minute, they're making a thirty one er. Like, okay, yeah. what's up? Okay. I mean, I can't even fathom what a thirty six inch wheel would look like in person. I don't know. I all I know is too is like there's plenty of times I'm ducking for things like on trails. Like if you're going in the woods, like Big Bear this weekend, I'm sure I'll be ducking under some branches in places. You would just be like getting whacked in the face if you're that tall mountain on a 36 inch bike. Well, I don't know enough about um, physics or engineering to understand. So like I have a 16 inch wheel bike that I ride around a lot. And 16? Yeah, it's an e bike. It's like a little foldable e bike. And my yeah. wife always jokes it looks like my feet are like going nuts trying to. But I don't think that like I'm pedaling super fat, but I don't think that the um I don't think the crank arms are any shorter. It's like I don't I think she's wrong. Like I think she just thinks that because the wheels look small. It's like a Scooby-Doo bike. Like, right. Like but it's not, I mean, I, I'm pretty I'm fairly certain the crank arms are like 165 millimeters. Like they're pretty normal, you know, I think. So I don't think that's it. Like I don't think is it harder for a tall person to ride a bike like a 29? Like, are they have to put more effort into riding a 29? Like you have to like pedal more for the wheels to go around? Like are the are the cranks 250 millimeters long on a on a 36 or like what what's the bone what's the benefit here they're starting at five foot eight right you know i'm five eleven you're six one so we're in that range where we could get a 36 inch bike what would be the advantage well the the real i mean really i would think that the 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 head tube's got to be crazy slack or else or your handlebars are going to be up above your head like a chopper so i don't it's interesting. I mean, I'd try one. I just don't know. I don't know why you wouldn't just have a bigger 29. Like a t the wheel size shouldn't really matter. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there is something to I mean, because if you're seven foot five, I guess it makes sense, right? If you're that tall, a yeah. bigger bike makes sense. But you're probably not riding a bike. Man, your knees don't work if you're seven five. <laughs> like Andre the Giant. <laughs> I mean, 
How often are they riding bikes? God, imagine how much it would hurt to fall at that time. Oh like you're God. so far down and so much mass. Good yeah. lord. Yeah, that would be rough. Thank you, Ashley. Yeah, Ashley, thanks for pointing that out. I, and that's actually kind of cool because I, I forgot to actually go look it up after you mentioned it. So it's kind of cool to see that what it actually was. So secondly, uh, I get my friend Chuck, who I shouted out in last week's week's episode. He and his Charles. girlfriend Andrea <laughs> Charles own Adams at Bikes in San Diego. They're my local shop. No free ads, but you know, if you're in SoCal, go see Chuck. See, he texted me to thanks for shouting him out, but he added a top uh, added to it on the topic of pickleball that we've been making fun of. He said we also like to make fun of pickleball, which made me That's feel good. good about us, yeah. you know, in our our comments. He said, but what about pro cornhole tournaments? We just watched an a- epic battle while at the airport bar on a big screen. They have they have a juniors league and they were all wearing Bush Baked Beans logos on their kits. So I looked this up and yeah, the American Cornhole League on YouTube, the ACL, which I found funny because like you're never going to post <laughs> an ACL. That's when you're, but they're all indeed both all teams are wearing Bush Baked Beans sponsored jerseys. They had other sponsors were like other like barbecue brands like Mike's Hard Lemonade and Johnsonville. And the mission of the ACL is to promote and develop cornhole as a sport for any age and any skill level. Anyone can play and anyone can win. That's their like main mission. And Mm. is this in the same vein as like our complaints about pickleball? Well, okay. So a couple things here. One, is it really that interesting if anybody can play and win? That's kind of what we're saying about pickleball, right? Kind of header over all of this if you enjoy it and you like playing cornhole you like playing pickleball we are supportive of that it's the our pushback is don't stop trying to make this a sport that i'm supposed yeah. to care about well also so one i, I don't know how i feel about this this is like a philosoph- philosophical this is very interesting i mean like would a sport be in- more interesting if theoretically there's nobody has an inherent advantage like you can't be you know mm, unless you just okay. have really good eye hand-eye coordination like i don't know the answer to that it's you know like i i don't know it Are could you be good at cool. cornhole? Are you good yeah, at cornhole? Yeah, of course I'm good at cornhole. Of course. I mean, of course. I'm, I'm all about throwing stuff. If you can if you're if the point <laughs> of the of an exercise is to throw something at something else, I'm like top one percent in the world. There's I mean, that's just then you should be a pro. I but weirdly, I actually think that cornhole might be harder than pickleball. I don't like it's a <laughs> hot take. <laughs> not like I mean, not, not it's way less demanding physically, but I'll bet you the average person is probably better at like getting the ball over the net with um, in pickleball than they are putting that bag through the hole. Like just getting the ball back. Yeah. Like being able to play like your average person. I mean, anybody can play cornhole. It doesn't really matter if you fucking miss you. Well, you lost whatever you're still playing. But like, I I think it's probably harder for most people to put the bean bag in the hole than to make a good pickleball shot. Well, and back to the thing, something, a point you made, I believe last week is disc golf just better than all of these. Well, disc golf is definitely harder than both these two. That's, I never played it. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Maybe not better. Definitely harder. harder. Definitely yeah. harder. Yeah. But yeah, I don't like, know. You're ever like 100 yards away and you're throwing a disc at a little chain basket. I'm less offended if that's even the term that I don't really feel offended, but whatever, you know, whatever, I'm offended adjacent. I'm less, I'm less of it by uh, professional cornhole than I am professional pickleball. And I think it's because you can't possibly take cornhole seriously. I think that's that's what it is. Ultimately, mm-hmm. everyone's going to look at pickleball and probably because it's table tennis and tennis adjacent, right? It kind of feels like it's a, maybe well, yeah, there's a you real know, thing. Uh, I know what it is. Yeah, well, exactly. No, that's right. That's exactly right. Like, like cornhole isn't an easier version of something else. It's just is what it is. Well, as pickleball is like particular, like we're trying to make an easier version of tennis. So how could you possibly feel good about yourself if you're a professional pickleball player? 
Well, so that's what we got for mail this week. We'll move next week uh, or the week after. We'll have, definitely have some more uh, reader feedback. Please keep them coming. Like we said, myrockfight at gmail.com. Uh, before we get in the headlines, though, we got to talk about our pals at Gear Trade, who since 1999 have been your go-to home for unnew outdoor gear and apparel. You know you have that jacket packer tent that's been left out of your past few adventures. Why not load it in a box and let Gear Trade sell it for you? And as we've talked about before, Justin's got a box, but it didn't work out. But I think we're going to get him another box. I think it's going to happen. Gear Trade wants to send you another box. Let's do it, Gear Trade. I got some wetsuits. I got some uh, random other things. Let's do it. So head to GearTrade.com. Click on the Sell Your Gear tab to learn more so you can get cash money for the stuff that you are not using. So as we dig into headlines, I noticed one yesterday. It was on adventure-journal.com. Hey, I've heard of that site. It was a specialized turbo, is it Levo? Levo? Yes. Well, I think it's Levo. I've never had anybody correct See, me. See, that's a bad decision. We're off to a bad start with specialized. You should never name something that. that's going to cause confusion. Never a good idea. But anyway, it was a review of the specialized turbo Levo by one Justin Hausman. And I noticed uh, in that review... You kind of talked a lot about how it made mountain biking easier. So talk about the, uh, what do you, what do you, what do you want to say about the specialized turbo Levo review that makes people still want to go read the review after we're done talking about, we're teasing, we're teasing the, the, the review. So I don't even, I mean, we, I'm sure you're going to want to like talk shit about e-bikes, which is fine. We can get into that. But I guess like the, the bottom line is it just, it, this bike more than any other e-bike I've ridden. And I've ridden at least five e-mountain bikes for okay. fairly long term use. And like this one. I hadn't thought about this ever before. Like they all, when you, you're always like, this is so fun. This is great. Like the first one I rode was the specialized turbo Levo SL, mm -hmm. which is the super light version that they came out with a few years ago. So they'd already been making the turbo Levo for like a year or two. And they come out with a carbon fiber version, which is totally pointless with like a smaller motor. Um, so the whole bike only weighed like 38 pounds, which is amazing for a e-bike, but why, you know, anyway, right. But even that, like, holy shit, like, blew my blew my mind. Amazing. They're all super fun. Um, but this one was was the first time where I'm like, oh, they finally like really did it. They finally really figured out how to how to really like blend this all into a completely seamless experience. Where usually in the past, like, then retro, then sort of you know retrospectively, uh, you start thinking back. Like, yeah, I guess that last bike did have kind of like a like a like a shuttery start stop or like. Maybe the other this other bike I, I rode like kind of felt like it was they just kind of like crammed the motor into it, but it didn't really want it to be there. Like it wasn't balanced or whatever. But this one, the way the bike handles is incredible, but it already would be because it's a stumped upper Evo, which is an amazing bike already, uh, um, you know, with slightly beefed up down to, but like it's basically the same bike. Um, so like even with other motors, amazing, but like the, the, the motor is so smooth and it's so quiet and everything is so effortless that uh it's it's like the first one that feels like they finally really figured out exactly what how to do this so that's that's it and, and they're cheaper they're a lot cheaper like this one was the basic model the bare bones the alloy i mean specialized is so confusing they make like 30 different versions it's, hard, it's it's not immediately apparent which is which but this is the alloy it's just called the turbo levo alloy that's it not comp not expert just alloy and it's it started out at like 5800 now it's on sale for like 4900 bucks mm. And has a lot of cheap parts on it, but doesn't matter. Like they're fine. They work great. Uh, I've I took probably the scariest fall of my life on on the bike, um, and like the bike went far onto some rocks, and it was fine. Like nothing broke. I, but, I'm uh, excited about the prospect of of you saying like it just actually feels like a, the perfect integration. And if you could kind of, I never. I, I'll be honest with you. I've never really been interested in even trying an e-bike. Uh, so and and I don't. And at the end, you brought it home. You said that you know you you found your way back to your acoustic bike. You know, and ultimately, if you're yeah, the, the, one, there is something. 
there's something weird about it. And I don't know what I, I don't know. I tried to kind of fumble around in like two sentences to figure it out in the article. And I don't, I don't think I really hit on it. Cause I thought immediately after like hitting publish, I started thinking about cars and like, um, you know, there, what I say in the piece is it feels don't, I, I can't quite bond with my e-bikes like in a way that I do with my regular bikes. And I don't know if it's because like, I had, I don't feel like I've suffered with them or, you know, like, is that, is it that's, or, or, or something about the just sheer simplicity of riding a bike that doesn't have a, a motor maybe it's that right. I, don't, I don't know what it is but even like my like i adore our e-cargo bike i mean that thing is incredible it, it's changed my life having one you know and but like if it got ripped off i'd be like oh i'll just get another one i don't think i'd have any i wouldn't mm. have any like positive memories with it you know that was like oh man i really missed that one you know like i don't know there's something like you know this this specialized bike will be gone someday and i, I don't think i'll really care like i don't think i'd replace it you know like i don't i don't know what it is like i i kind of called it a it's basically like an appliance at a certain point. All Maybe there's something things, about that with an e-bike too, where it's it's it like doesn't feel like it's the it doesn't feel like it's the serious bit in my in my toolkit. Like it's not like my my regular like full suspension mountain bike. That's like the real one. The the, yeah. the specialized one, I guess, to me, has kind of always felt like a toy. Now that would be different if I was older and that was the only way I could ride, or if I had an yeah. injury or something, it'd be completely different. But for now. I, and I don't doubt I would bond with it at that point. It would become like the tool that made this possible. I'd probably love it more than to love any of my bikes now. Check out the article. There's a link to it in the show notes. It's on Adventure Journal's blogs right now. Uh, see what you think about Justin's review of the Specialized Turbo Levo. Next article about Scratch Labs. Are you familiar with Scratch? No, never heard of that. Okay, so they're a nutrition brand based out of Boulder, known mostly for their drinks, um, like, you know, electrolyte fake drinks, you know, endurance drinks, things like that. So this week, there was an article about how they're releasing a limited edition cookie mix sport fuel. Now I, so I worked for, wait, a wait, 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 can you say that again, please? Cookie mix sport, cookie mix sport fuel. Yes. All right. That's the name of it. Scratch labs, the maker performance nutrition launched its launched its limited time cookie mix sport fuel. So I see this and I worked in the nutrition space for a while, the sports nutrition space for a while. And you always see interesting things and I get it. Look, it's, it, you got to make stuff. You got to try new things, right? The category is what the category is. There's drinks, there's gels, there's chews, there's all these things. You got to try something different. And instead of maybe making a new bar to compete with every other bar, they're trying this. But if you, when you read about it, you know, the quote, they're saying that this throwback recipe allows anyone to create portable homemade nutrition, similar to most energy bars with no excess ingredients, more moisture and personalized to their tastes. So I'm like, at first I thought it was a bag of cookies. Then you realize that- Is it you, cookie batter? Yeah, the cookie mix from Scratch Labs is sold dry in a base flavor for customizing with mix-ins, including chocolate chips, fruits, or nuts. Add one stick of butter and an egg, or preferred vegan substitutes, and the batter is ready to bake. So it's just, it's just cookie batter. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I'm looking at- Are you reading it? Well, I'm looking at the okay, they have something the cookie mix recipe. It's truly it like doesn't it, have anything in there's nothing there's no scratch lot. It's, it's these are just the ingredients in in cookies. Yes. Is that what's in the bag? Yes. And then you add butter and eggs and bake them. So it's hamburger helper, but for cookies. I or mean, like, sure. This I is mean, like a Betty Crocker fucking cake mix where it's like you put it in it's, it's that's like a better box comp. and you that's have like an egg comp. and you add what the fuck? So here's about sports nutrition. What does it's this mostly have to do bullshit. With sports nutrition. It's well, literally the it. same ingredients as regular cookies. I worked at two different sports nutrition brands back to back, ProBar and then Goo Energy Labs. And in both places, Incredible. the sports, like the the food scientists on place told told me, like, like sports nutrition, you're getting the same thing as you would get from real food. Now, 
the delivery system is kind of what matters in terms of differentiating it, right? Like if you're on your bike or whatever and you can't stop, right? That's why a gel works, right? It's easy to consume. Yes. Right. That's that's sort of the advantage of sports science-y foods. However, most people who do this up long enough, and I'm, I'll count myself in that when I was running more than I and racing and stuff like that, real food just works better. I would go to get eat potato chips and cookies and things like that. So when I saw this, I was like, oh, what are they? Are they actually like making? I figured there's going to be some sort of like, you know, even just brand speak about why this is a performance elevator or whatever. Like, nah, we're just making cookies. <laughs> I thought it was really funny. It doesn't make it. I guess it's easier because you know you don't have to go buy all of those things individually. But it's but wild to be that go buy a group by Betty Crocker. You know, what I mean, but like that might be cheaper, and it's going to do. How the is same there thing? not like more protein or something? There's not even like more. It's just cookies. It's cookies. You're also, you're, why wouldn't you just buy pre-made cookie dough? Well, you just took the words out of my mouth because when you're you're not worried. Like I understand that maybe there's healthier ingredients in this that maybe even a lot of cookies but when you're out doing endurance, there's, you're there's not probably it's regular not. cookies but but if if you want to mix in things great but you're just looking for calories right you're like riding your bike all day you're running all day you're doing all like whatever it is and so why wouldn't to your point if you have to make your own new sports nutrition why wouldn't i just get a bunch of toll house pre-made like cookie lumps and just bake that right? i'm just not i don't i don't do any of the sports nutrition stuff like i've got some osmo energy drink stuff and like honey stinger i think there must be rep by backbone like i get boxes of honey stinger stuff all the time like try anything I like their waffles. Like, honey stinger waffles are really the good waffles are good but like i don't i just eat them like a cookie like i'm not thinking yeah. about anything and like the little little like gummies they send great but i also usually take sour patch kids on big hikes or rides because i like to have some something about that that's p- honestly probably more effective it's got salt and sugar perfect this one was in a headline but i texted you this week because i was at the airport and like hokas are everywhere, man. I mean, like yeah. they are everywhere. I mean, not in just like everywhere. Like they're there now with like Nike and Asics and and all the other running brands. I looked it up. They're $1.4 billion large. Woo. You know, a little backstory is that uh, in 2013, yeah, 2013, I was actually offered the, the position of national sales manager for Hoka when they is were. That a, a, forgive me. Forgive me. That seems like a big. Job. Just the that, North American sales team managing the North American sales team. And you didn't take that job? I went to work for Polar Tech instead. All right. At competing offers. And uh money-wise, probably wasn't the right decision. Brand knowledge-wise, that was the right decision. So, you know, whatever. It all worked out the way it was supposed to. But it was an interesting sliding glass door, sliding doors moment for me. Totally. But but in a lot in the 10 years since then, I mean, I never would have thought they became this big. They were like the funky fat running shoes. Yeah. So well, I don't what do you think the attraction is? That they're funky, fat running shoes, but they're but mostly being worn casually now. And I know most people wear running yeah, shoes they casually, feel but these are the. You think that's what it is? Yeah, you think it's just I've never, like, you know, overweight Americans who are like these things. I feel mean, great. I've never had a pair of the like. I have a pair of Hoka's, but they're they're probably like the most minimalist ones I've ever made. My wife loves Hoka's. She wears like their speed goats all the time when she's like hikes and goes for trail runs and stuff. But I, I, I think it, I mean their colors are dope. They have big soft heels. I mean, like people love wearing trail runners to go to the fucking airport. You know, like th- these are the most like garish ones I could imagine. So of course they're gonna do well. I mean that's makes sense to me. Where do you think it ends up though? Because this is the thing I was pondering the the brand you know, pony. You know the brand pony. Is that what? They, what you mean like from when we were kids? Yeah. 
They were yeah, a hundred, they were an eight hundred million dollar brand. Wow. And now yeah. I think they are like under ten million dollars now. Like they were. Well, I sold. mean, at least Hoka makes good running shoes. Like they make something that like people will always like. Like a are lot you of people suggesting will that want. Pony does not. Good point. <laughs> I I have the vaguest memory. I don't pony. know. They might not. I had I think some. About McGregor. I think they Remember? made like cleats and stuff. Yeah, they definitely did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they were basketball, yeah. maybe basketball shoes. I mean, remember McGregor's and even yeah. Felix. Oh yeah, of course. And, uh, Ruse, right? These, these well, kind Ruse, of brands. Yeah. I, had, that, like, I had McGregor's cleats. I think I had pony cleats, like baseball. You think cleats. that is that the future for Hoka? Do you think it's sustainable? Hmm. You think they'll be there with Nike and Asics and everything in like ten years, or you think it's just the like kind of? I do. I kind of do. Like they feel legit. I think. I mean, like, I, 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 it's a good question. Like, Pony might have too. I don't know. Hoka's a better name than Pony. I don't know where their name comes from. Do you? It's Hoka, Hoka One One. I can't remember. There was, there was a, they it's, dropped Oh, yeah. One I forgot one they were Hoka. It's one, not, one, wait, it's not One One? No, it's One One. Fuck off. Really? <laughs> yes. But they've dropped that. Yes. Now it's just Hoka, that. right? It's just Hoka now. Yeah. So that, that reminds me of like when you first get into like any kind of outdoor writing and you're like doing stuff with brands and like you're getting constantly corrected by like PR people or occasionally the brands themselves for not using the all caps. So when you, uh, like the first about... time I wrote Hoka, like I didn't, all caps Hoka or I probably Is didn't it, all caps One One even though I thought it was one one and they were just like no it's all caps I'm like I, you know what I'm writing this article I'll write it the way I fucking want like I'm so, sorry drives me so, insane with the all caps with the branding so someone who was used to be at brands let me a quick quiz all right so there's a there's a very famous uh outsole brand branded outsole what you know what the name of that branded outsole is are you is this gonna be a pronunciation yeah, thing yeah, I mean I say Vibram that's correct okay what about there's a German athletic shoe brand that is often compared with 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 Nike? What? Well, all right. Are you are you going to insist on it being Adidas? I never say Adidas, but technically it's supposed to be Adidas. I I, I just I purposely you know say Dude, Adidas. I've spent a lot of time in Germany. I never heard anybody say Adidas. Hey, Run DMC didn't say my Adidas. All right, I bet it, I bet they say Adidas. They do say my Adidas. And then the other one is uh, there's a sports sandal brand. Oh and, uh, boy, I. That I probably say it wrong. I say Tevas, but I bet it's Tevas. Teva. Teva. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that that kind of thing is fine. Like a pronunciation is fine, but when brands insist on an all cap thing because they oh like, like when you're writing this, a review yeah and you, they, and yeah. they all have the same re- reasoning, which is like it's more memorable or it's more visual or it's like you know what I don't I don't give a shit. You know how awkward it is to fucking type that into like a headline or like anything. Yeah. Like it looks stupid. Like it looks like I'm shouting the brand name at you, which is probably the point. But I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Anyway, I decided that was the thing I noticed this week. I yeah, I, the, I agree. I mean, they're everywhere, but yeah. but I live in a very trail running friendly place, so I don't know how it is otherwise. But like, I don't know what else would re- like. It, it was like, but dude, Nikes. it was like dads and Karens. I mean, that was the thing that noticed to me. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm in Denver, I'm in a mountain town, or whatever. People are wearing. I'd expect that, but it was like the the sales guy in the shiny polyester shirt, like clearly. Having his you know six o'clock at the at the Sky Club drink, you know, wearing but his were, were they brightly colored? Uh, some of them, a lot of them weren't. I mean, I mean they were definitely the, more dull colors. That's my attraction to them. And then they're really soft, but they have cool colors. I mean, like I feel like there was a thing a few years ago where everybody wore Kotopashi shit everywhere, and it's yes. like just because they have that kind of neat, like primary color blocks. But that yeah, that's it was a, it was a trend. It. Yeah, this will be. A I think trend. Who, but I think they'll stick around. True, and I think who should be nervous is probably New Balance, who kind of still has the, the the market cornered on dad shoes. Jesus, New Balance. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Hoka's on your corner. Last thing I want to talk about, and this is I just something. Guy was sad this week. I know I had some good news, but 
and you, I don't know if you know them, but Midwest Mountaineering announced no. they're closing. And Midwest Mountaineering is one of kind of those retailers, like just one of like a classic outdoor retailer in, Are they in Chicago Minneapolis, or something. Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Yeah. I had uh they did a they do a twice annual event called the Outdoor Adventure Expo. And I got to go there a couple of times when I went there for an adventure expo on behalf of Smartwool in 2006. And it was just you know, growing up in the Northeast, I had a lot of uh, just, well, I think anybody, no matter where you grew up until you get out of where you grew up, you kind of develop sort of opinions about different areas of the country or other places, right? And I definitely thought that the Southeast was going to be worthless. Went down there, like, oh, actually, there's really great stuff in the Southeast. And going to Wisconsin and then Minnesota and getting to see places like Midwest Mountaineering showed me how just vibrant the outdoor scene is in places like, you know, the upper Midwest. And that is just a legendary retailer. And it's an absolute loss for our community. I was really bummed when I saw that they're closing. They tried to change hands. I know the original owner tried selling it, and I guess it just didn't work out, and they decided to shut it down. And That's a big reason, yeah, they said the big one of the big drivers is they don't have any any commerce market. They kind of just did everything in store and never developed a, a presence on the web, which is one. That's reason too bad. I mean, I would think that Minneapolis is a pretty big adventure town. I still feel like out like surf shops, outdoor shops, to a lesser extent bookstores these are things that should be in person like for the i don't really want to buy any of that stuff online at all even if it's outdoor stores especially your experience with the place in bishop notwithstanding you know like even if it's just like a fucking bear canister like i want to go in there yeah and like maybe it sparks up a cool conversation that makes me excited to do it i mean like i don't i like you can buy surf wax really good example you could buy like boxes of surf wax on amazon for like dirt cheap no mm-hmm. I go to the surf shop to spend $2 on a bar of wax if I need wax because yeah. I want to go in there. You know, it's like, I'm surprised that, especially in like a Midwestern sort of place, you would think that a actual brick and mortar outdoor store would be okay. I agree with you. So like our local outdoor retailer down here, uh, Nomad, they have, they have an e-commerce thing, but it's not that great. I would never shop at their store online. I would just buy from REI if I wanted to buy something online. Yeah. But I make a real effort. To your point, I go there first if I can. If I can, if I can get, if I'm like, if there's a thing that I want, I'm going to go there first. Um, does you want that experience? Even that place in Bishop, I'd go back there. It was a cool store. I mean, the people working there were a bunch of jackasses that day, but the store was great. I'd want to shop at that store. I just so, don't get. I don't get like. I don't. I just it, it bugs me that people don't think about the the the, uh, the the consequences of buying shit online. You know, it just yeah. It's like what. The only like we buy stuff online if it makes sense. like a, like a vacuum like I'm not gonna go to yeah. there's no vacuum stores anymore right. so I, right. I I have to go to Target to buy and like that's not nobody enjoys I, that. I can wait a day for Amazon to deliver it to me you know but if there was a vacuum store I would happily go that would sure. be so cool like go in there and have them like break it all down to me like oh really this okay now that makes yeah. a lot of sense sir and like this is where I'll bring it if something breaks you know like. I, I'm optimistic largely speaking I'm bummed about this because I just have a personal attachment to the store but. I mean, bookstores were supposed to be dead in the water. I mean, Barnes and Nobles yeah. is actually thriving now. That's like a good problem to have, right? Yeah. Like, ooh, which local bookstore are we going to support? So in the article, they talk about that there was a sales decline to competition from big box retailers, including Shields, REI, Dick's Sporting Goods, and then selling online and greater online competition. So anyway, RIP Midwest Mountaineering. Let's open up some more specialty retailers in, in Minneapolis. So that's all I got for today. You got anything else you want to uh, run through? It's Labor Day weekend. It is Labor Day weekend. We'll see used how to always be goes. a big camping weekend for me, but it hasn't been for a real long time. <laughs> Don't know why. 
Just doesn't happen anymore. I have a few ideas why. Do you feel like it's fall now? Like is Monday? Are you gonna wake up on Monday? Be like it's, or Tuesday? Be like it's fall. So we're a big Halloween family, and I was, and I'm always a in like with a Christmas Halloween or whatever. I I always I'm like it's can contain it to the month that it's in. You know, I don't mind if October one people are putting stuff up. You know, and then I'm also same thing with Christmas. Like I hate that Christmas starts in like August now. Yeah, you know, it should be December one. Get through Thanksgiving and then you can put it up. I'm also a big take everything down the day after the holiday. You're not going to think about fall until like the autumnal equinox. Then you're going to be like, now it's now bust out the pumpkin spice. <laughs> but, but it not does until then. There's a growing movement that like, you know, spooky season, fall season, whatever is nine one now. But I don't know. It's like it still feels summery. I think so I, I feel like September is the best summer month. Like the water is warm still. The days are warm. The tourists have all gone home. Like it just kind of is a great summer month. So, well, to me, summer needs to be crowded or it's not really summer. So like the kids going back to school kind of blows it for me because it's like that's how I feel like it's summer. If there's kids running around like that's I don't know. Like I yeah, get excited they're running around them. and now they're gone. It's great. Yeah, that's true. I, you know, I don't know if this, if this is a thing for everybody or what, but like, you know, I, the one, the light starts to shift pretty early in like August, you know, like once, like basically once you hit the summer solstice, there's like, there's, I always, it's usually like the second week of August or maybe even the first. You start to notice it. It's a very subtle shift in the light. You're like, oh shit. Yep. And like, it's, you know, that's happening big time now. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man, that's our show for today. Be sure to subscribe to follow or to follow The Rock Fight wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. Let your outdoorsy pals know they should check out the show. Send your feedback to myrockfight at gmail.com. Anything you want to... Uh, anything just, enjoy your, just enjoy your Labor Day weekend, folks. Enjoy Labor Day. We're going to try to get this out on the day we recorded it, probably for the first time ever. So oh. look at that, huh? A little, little, little weekend content. For Justin Hasman, I'm Colin True. Thanks for listening. The Rock Fight is a production of Rock Fight LLC. And to take us out, here is Less Than Jake's own Chris DeMakes. We'll see you next time.